Blog Talk Radio. Yakuza! Yakuza! Yakuza Kick Radio! 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 This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. That there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m. Yakuza Kick Radio. Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on this is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the action of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Klein, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your jib, fella. This is Greg Excellent, bearded dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, you're probably watching porn and you have this muted. You should be listening to it, Jason Mann. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that doctor, homie. Fuck that. Black me. Bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, Jake Guy Morris. Um, yeah, man. Uh, back doing it again. Another week, another <laughs> another show full of uh, shit talk, I guess. Um, I guess, you know, why waste any time? So, um, my Niners took a fucking loss, right? Big fucking, um, big loss. And, um, we're going to talk about that, um, right off the bat. But I also wanted to put out there, now look. I had said in the past, um, I had a situation where, uh, an, an online Facebook situation, not a legitimate real life situation, but, um, where a dude who's very familiar, you know, a lot of people who are familiar with this guy from the CZW crowd over the years, dating way back to ECW, he was an ECW guy, um, you should definitely know who he is, because he takes up about five fucking seats wide, um, I'm speaking about, uh, Bill Palomero, uh, Bob yeah, so, uh, he had continuously 
taking shots at my 49ers and um he was he was doing so during our wins and like you know I don't appreciate that shit because uh, I I'm enjoying my fucking uh my wins and um you know he's trying to rain on my parade now you know mind you this is a guy who you know I had unfriended a while ago and he just he just kept fucking popping up and he'd talk shit on Nina's page and and everything else about you know the fucking Niners and he tried to just continue to goat me and stuff and I and I eventually had to delete him and I talked about it on this show briefly and um and the thing is like his Eagles suck you know his Eagles continuously suck um and you know I my my two hated most hated football teams right now I'd have to say are the Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll I'll give you the whole rundown of my hated teams in the NFL. My hated teams in the NFL are the teams I just mentioned, as well as the Dallas Cowboys. Now, the Dallas Cowboy hate has really died down over the years. I used to hate the Cowboys more than any other team in football, which is the reason why I continually um, attack Kid Osborne and other, um, you know, Cowboy fans. And the reason why I hated the Cowboys so much is, look, I, I was born in 1978. I was raised a 49er fan by my grandmother. No, I wasn't born in California and all that. That the whole, uh, you know, if the stadium's not right up the road, then you shouldn't. That, that's the dumbest argument ever. Like, kill yourself. Like, I fucking hate that. Anyway. Um, so, in the 80s, we were the team in the fucking 80s. We were the motherfuckers, man. Um, but the thing was, is, you know, when we were running through the 80s, I mean, a lot of teams that we ran into, a Giants, Giants were another team that I didn't like at all because... Um, Obviously, they were local, but also, you know, Jim Burt hurt Montana. Leonard Marshall hurt Montana. You know, we, we fucking, you know, that's my guy. So, he, he, you know, they were putting us fucking down, and, you know, that was a battle. Now, team of the 80s, you know, through some of those years, we were going out there, and we were battling the Cowboys in the playoffs, catching those wins. Now, when we came off of our team of the 80s status, and we crossed over into the 90s, who was the team of the 90s? Well, that's the Cowboys. A lot of those years in the playoffs, it was Niners-Cowboys, and they would beat the Niners in order to get to the Super Bowls. They would win. Um, we were able to get that one, um, you know, with Steve Young after Montana left. And, you know, I got to be honest with you. Like, that is, like, the most bittersweet Super Bowl win ever for me. Because – and Steve Young is one of the greatest 49ers of all time that I do not own a jersey of because I just – I had such a bad taste in my mouth of a team moving on from Joe Montana. And there's nothing against Steve Young. I mean, he's a phenomenal fucking quarterback. And, and I think, you know, maybe one day I'll get a, a Steve Young jersey because I have many jerseys. But um, it, it's one of these things that, like, in my opinion, the greatest of all time, Joe Montana. Uh, you know, to to have that guy you know, be injured and be like, ah, yeah, moving on. And I mean, Young stepped into position again, nothing against him, but man, when you got like your fucking hero at the fucking quarterback and back then it wasn't, it wasn't so um, common that like the franchise got sent to another team. So him, him getting, you know, sent over to Kansas city was just like, oh wow, that's, yeah, that's it. Was it was rough, but anyway, back to the teams I hate and uh, what, what I was talking about, Bill, to begin with. So, 
I hate the Eagles for the fact of the fans. The fans specifically have made me hate the Eagles because they're such a fucking bag of shit. Like, they're just, just fucking filthy animals. Even when they won, they were running around the street eating horse shit, fucking hanging from the light poles, fucking jumping on awnings and breaking them and shit. They're just fucking idiots, you know? So they don't deserve to win anything because, you know, even if they win, like, you know, dumb shit's happening. And, uh, you know, they're retarded. So, um, they have a jail in the stadium. Like, that's that's the type of criminals they are. So, anyway, um... And obviously the Seahawks are our rivals in our division. So that's, that's my main, you know, things right there. Um, so Bill, you know, Bill would talk a bunch of shit, but it, it like his shit talk isn't good. And the thing with me is like, look, obviously I talk tremendous amount of shit. I, I consider myself a first ballot hall of fame shit talker, but if you're not, up to my motherfucking caliber in shit talking. Don't even fucking play the game. You know what I mean? And I'm I'm generally not gonna take shots at you at all if I don't you know if I don't think you know that that you're up for it or or whatever the case is. I generally don't just randomly attack people. But if I start throwing some fucking fire or you know and I say some shit about the Eagles and I'm burying the Eagles on the fucking um on the Facebook and then you jump yourself in there to try to fucking battle that. And then it, you know, it winds up personal. That's not my fucking fault, man. You jumped into the fucking line of fire. So anyway, Bill, like Bill's problem is he walks around looking like a melted refrigerator and he thinks that fucking with me is a good idea. That's crazy. It's fucking crazy. Like this guy, I I mean, he looks like a morbidly obese garbage pail kid. And he just he just thinks that he could just not let it go with me. Like, I deleted him from Facebook. So what do I see first fucking thing when I wake up Tuesday morning after the Monday night football loss to the fucking Seahawks in overtime? Taking our first loss of the fucking season. My messengers got fucking those, those fucking laughing emoji faces. Like, first off, I didn't fucking ask you, you fucking slob. You understand? Like, I don't have to do anything. I could just sit back and just wait for diabetes to claim you. I mean, it's just, it's fucking crazy, man. It's just, it's fucking crazy. So, I I just, you know, I blocked him and everything. I just want someone to, like, shoot me a line real quick when he passes away so that way I can know about it. You know, keep in mind, too, that, like, this guy was a wrestling fan, and, you know, I was always polite to him and, and, and everything, and there was a point where his fucking house burnt down, probably from trying to, like, you know, make a midnight snack and fucking falling asleep due to sleep apnea or some kind of shit like this. Um, I, I don't know what the cause of the fire was, but it was probably something like leaving a fucking grilled cheese maker on or some kind of shit. But, uh, so he burned their, they, they burned their fucking house, apartment, whatever the fuck down. And there was a GoFundMe up because they didn't have shit. And I donated it to it. You know what I mean? Like, so this is a guy that, like, you know, when when he was on the low end of shit, I did try to help. But, again, later on, throwing yourself into the, the fray of shit talk with me, and, and you, you just don't have ammo for that shit. You know what I mean? You, you look crazy as fuck, man. Like, you're one of the most mutated-looking humans I've ever seen in my entire fucking life. And you think you could just continue to poke me as if, like, you know, eventually it's not just going to, the gates aren't going to open up and some shit's going to come out that you don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's just fucking bizarre. You know what I mean? So anyway, fuck that guy. Moving on. Um, The 49ers, uh, they went into this game. 
this isn't my attempt to make excuses or anything like that. Um, you know, eight no fucking forty niners is is feels fucking amazing to me. Um, so we went into the game with our rival Seahawks, and this one really fucking hurt, man, because this is our rival. So our rivalry over the past, you know, a handful of years, you know, since uh, we had fucking you know our beast defense with um Patrick Willis and those guys, our rivalry over the past couple of years has just been them beating us twice a year and me being mad about it. <laughs> like that's our whole rivalry, you know? Um, so this one, knowing how good we are going into it, going, we finally, you know, we finally got a fucking team that's going to put it on these motherfucking Seahawks. We got eight wins in our, under our belt, but we have not played our fucking rivals yet. So this is big primetime game and all that. Um, we go up ten nothing. I'm sitting here like fuck, shit, man. We we scored on both of our first drives. One was a field goal. One was a touchdown. Uh, just fucking shutting them down on defense. Motherfuckers couldn't move, and then we we let one go. You know, um, defense continued to hold, but the offense was being shaky. Jimmy G was throwing. Uh, Jimmy G must have threw fucking four or five picks. They just didn't catch all of them. You know, they were right to the fucking other team. He had a real bad night. Starting off the night, um, he went into it without George Kittle, which is his number one target. Number one fucking target. George Kittle's an absolute beast, and he's out with, um, like, knee ankle injury. So, first quarter, man, he's lighting up Emmanuel Sanders, and and they don't seem to be able to stop him. Uh, Sanders is flashing over the middle, and he's catching him. He's catching him. He's catching him. And you could tell, like, man, it's going to be a long day for the Seahawks trying to defend Emmanuel Sanders. And, you know, the offense will continue to build through Sanders being effective. Now these other receivers are going to start to get open even more because they're probably going to have to double cover Sanders at some point or another. Well, by the end of the first quarter, fucking Emmanuel Sanders goes out. So now there's no George Kittle. Now there's no fucking Emmanuel Sanders. And Seahawks, Seahawks had, had lock on our fucking run game. And our run game has been the staple of our offense, and we've worked the passing game out of that. So the Seahawks having our run game on lock, um, our wide receiving core plus tight end being out um, really, really limited it um, the offense and put Jimmy G's back against the wall. And um, Jadavian Clowney was just having a fucking feast back there. He was running through um, Michael Glinchy. Uh, he came back from injury and – that motherfucker might as well stayed off the fucking field because he was getting smoked all fucking night. And, you know, partially because Clowney's a beast. But, um, man, uh, he was just back there all day. He was just back all over Jimmy. Jimmy was making stupid-ass throws. He was getting sacked. He was fucking, you know, having a hard time. So the Seahawks come back. Man, it comes down. We're in the fucking fourth quarter, and we're down 10 points. We started off the game up 10 points. Now we're down 10 points. We fucking battle back. We tie the fucking game up. Holy shit, we're going to overtime. Our undefeated streak is still fucking possibly intact. We fucking, we lose the coin toss. Our defense fucking makes a stand. Our defense stops them from fucking scoring. We get our fucking shot. We drive down fucking field. Rookie kicker that we pull off the fucking street because our kickers hurt too. Fucking shanks the fucking field goal. No good. 
Now they fucking drive downfield. They get close enough to kick the fucking field goal, and it's good. And that's that's how our fucking undefeated streak ended. If you watch this game, the drama, the fucking suspense, the all of that shit with it, like I, it was fucking me up. But I mean, for an average football fan to watch this, man, this was a banger. Not only that, coming out of this game on Tuesday, they took the, which is hilarious to me. They took the Seahawks and fucking Eagles game. I think it's next week. And they bumped it out of the Sunday night slot to bump the Packers and Niners into the Sunday night slot. So they basically took the team that just beat us and said, mm, yeah, we're not interested in watching you as much as we are these fucking 49ers up against the Packers. Sunday night football. So we got that shit. Um, then we got a Saturday night game as well um, against the Rams for our second Rams game. Uh, that, that one's in December. So, um, again fucking brutal loss to take and um you know definitely doesn't show any weakness in our team as far as I'm concerned um you know I had a bad game with Jimmy going out there but I mean you see where there's a lot of pieces that are really down and um Joe Staley went out again uh Ronald Blair fucking tore his ACL uh the, the fucking the injuries are piling but our team is deep our team is real deep Staley Staley went down, and he's going to be out a couple weeks, but, yo, he came back in this game. He was out the majority of the fucking season, so we were 8-0 without Staley. So let's not get it crazy and say, oh, well, now the offensive line won't hold up because I don't know that that offensive line looked any fucking better against the Seahawks than they have any other game of the season. If not, Jimmy was running for his fucking life back there and wasn't doing very well at doing so. Um, You know, that's... One concern I have that I think as far as our defense goes, because I absolutely love our defense, and I think even with uh, Blair going down, um, it, it opens up the avenue for Armstead to step up. Uh, Solomon Thomas could actually step up and, and pull himself from being a bust to possibly doing something. Um, but the the thing they have to lock in on, and I'll see – on Sunday, you know, if we've made any progress in that is stopping a running quarterback because Kyler Murray gave us some issues against Arizona the first time two weeks ago. And then Russell Wilson was just uncontainable because we came on the edge rushes and he just came up the middle. He just started running up the fucking middle. So if we're not able to contain that running quarterback, because I'll tell you what, man, I think Aaron Rodgers is in for a long fucked up day. I think we're going to fuck Aaron Rodgers up. I think we're going to fuck Drew Brees up. So we're playing some of these tough teams coming up. But when, when it comes to the quarterbacks that aren't really that mobile, we're fucking them up. I guarantee you that shit. The concern I have is when we play the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, the the Cardinals again on Sunday with Kyler Murray again. These mobile quarterbacks, they're able to get out of there. So when we bring that rush, we're putting those guys behind the quarterback if he escapes and then, you know, there's a lot of openings for him. So um, I'd like to see how we adjust our defensive coordinator is just a fucking amazing. And um, I don't, I don't think that they're going to take that loss lightly at all. And uh, hopefully the, the Cardinals game is a way bigger defeat than the first time we beat them. So that's, that's my big football talk for the week. Well, not even because I got the, the other thing to talk about. Uh, I'll, I'll break it up. I'll talk about that shit later. Let me see what else I got. I got a bunch of fucking topics. 
I've watched no wrestling. Um, just a heads up on that. Um, Matt Travis, man. Um, this kid, he uh, he he was out of the uh, House of Glory camp over there with uh, Amazing Red, Brian XL, and um, one half of the Murder by Kicks tag team. Um, he's been seen in CZW. He's been seen in um, GCW. You know, he he's been making his way around the Northeast for sure, branching out a little bit. Real young. Um, he lost his life in a in a a bicycle accident where um, a dump truck went the wrong way on a road, made like an illegal left, and and just fucking hit him and took off. I don't know, you know, if anything more has come out of that. If the drivers come forward, I haven't heard anything about that. But absolutely tragic loss. I mean, a dude was very talented, and um, yeah, it's just so sad. You know, I mean, you hear nothing but the best things pouring out from the guy. I didn't know him personally. I never met him. Um, Shaheen had a lot of really, really good things to say about him as far as, you know, just talking to him about not even wrestling, just talking rap music with him, hanging out at shows and stuff like that. And, um, you know, you, you could just tell that this was a genuinely great dude. All the, you know, people were posting a lot of screenshots of their, you know, their uh, DMs or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, and, you know, he, he did nothing but support his fucking people. All the, you know, all the other wrestlers and stuff, he'd tell them, like, how, how much he liked their matches and how much, how well they were doing and, like, how excited he is to see them doing well and, you know, working here and working there. He's just, he was just a very genuine, very um, kind-hearted dude and, um, you know, loved what he did and supported his friends and, and all of that. So, you know, my condolences to all the people close to him because, again, I, I didn't know him like that. I can just tell you, he's a young, talented dude, and that's that's a fucking shame, you know. So rest in peace to that dude. Um, so then, uh, damn off, Simon Ring of Honor. Um, guy, you know, on one hand, I want to just be like, oh, you know, what a waste, you know, Moff's fucking Ring of Honor, because Ring of Honor to me is is just kind of a dead issue, but. If you if you're gonna make steps in the right direction, signing a guy like Moff would be a, a definite right step. When you look at some of the things Ring of Honor did in the past, you know, back with Moff being part of the prophecy, you know, with Christopher Daniels and and breaking off of that and his match with Joe, I was there live for his match with Joe, and you know that was that was that shit, man. Like Moff has been a consistently hard hitting fucking beast. Uh, of a wrestler and adding that guy to your roster despite ring of honor really just laying in the shadows I, they got to find a way to make an impact uh as no pun intended with that but like uh you know really find a way to get noticed again like i, I don't even hear uh, today i saw something about a um a tag team match that was um the briscoes and um uh, Briscoe's and, uh, Jay Lethal and Gresham, you know, in a tag match for the titles. Um, that's for a final battle or whatever. That was the first advertisement for a ring of honor match that I've seen legitimately in years, like a graphic with four fucking faces on it for 
a, a world title match or a tag title match or something coming up on a Ring of Honor show. That was literally the first one I've seen in years. It's just not as well spread anymore. I don't know what it is. I, you know, I, I'm friends with fucking way too many wrestlers on my Facebook. I, I keep meaning to just delete all the fucking everything. But, um, and, and, and I'm not seeing it. I'm just not fucking seeing it. You know, where there's just like a massive outpouring of, oh, here's this. It, it takes just people sharing a picture. So of all the people that I'm friends with on there, no one is sharing the picture of the card, of the location, of the fucking match, of a, a clip. A fucking anything. Ring of Honor just kind of exists in the shadows, and I don't understand it because at one point it was the best, it was the top fucking wrestling company on the East Coast. I was a CZW guy because you know I always liked the uh, the mix, the the, the death match, the hardcore style, as well as you know the great matches. Ring of Honor did a lot more of the technical style, but they did a lot of hard hitting stuff. So I was attending a bunch of their shows as well. CCW primarily, but I was also attending Ring of Honor shows. I, I went to a lot of, you know, final battle shows. I went to, you know, some Elizabeth shows, some Philly shows to, you know, so um, it, it just, it, it baffles me that they've come this far and sunk so low just in the area of even promoting their own shit, because never mind, you know, who's actually champion or who's this or who's that, but like, I like I I couldn't even know because they're not even putting it out there like that. It's not like I'm seeing it and going I'm not interested in that. I'm not even seeing it. So, I'm hoping they they make some moves in that direction. Um Damoff, you know, again, great fucking guy to get on that roster over there. And um I mean again, to say that, you know, waste of Damoff when he's been locked in fucking uh Wrestle Pro, which is a complete clown show, um, for all these years, please, Ring of Honor is a step in the right direction for Christ's sakes. Um, so hopefully, you know, this this helps to spring them in some right direction. I don't know. Um, what else? Fucking uh, South Park this week had fucking. They had a um. Earlier in the season, they had uh, Tegrity Farms, which is like a weed-growing farm, and it was like their uh, – I like how they're starting the shows out right now because they're starting it out instead of like the South Park theme. They're just starting out with like a, a theme of like whatever their gimmick they're rolling with. And uh, first, it was the Tegrity Farms thing, and they attacked all sorts of different you know things towards that. And uh, now they're doing um, PC Babies. And it sounds kind of like the Muppet Babies theme. And uh, they're just going at fucking, you know, all the PC and the fucking bullshit, uh, you know, outrage culture bullshit. And uh, this one they went at transgender and uh, specifically transgender athletes. And, uh, you know, they had the the power lifter that was a female or was a, a transgender that was like breaking records. And then there was a whole debate on whether it's fair or not. And of course it's fucking not because it, you know, was not born a woman. So, it, you know, when, when fucking Steve decides that he's a woman now 
and smashes all the women's records. It's not fair to the people who were born women and trained their asses off to be the best woman on the fucking planet in, in their, in their field. It's just, that's just logic. That's not hate. That's not like, Oh, there's bias bullshit. Shut up. It's fucking stupid. And, uh, so they took it to another level with that where macho man, Randy Savage was a transgender athlete. And just fucking destroyed women in every fucking thing. And had veins, like, popping out of his fucking shoulders and shit. And just, like, cutting fucking Macho Man promos on how they couldn't fucking hang with him. And he's the best women's athlete in the world. And it was just fucking hilarious. I recommend it. And everybody check that shit out if they're South Park fans or, you know, whatever. Um... I I um I saw a post that Chuck E. Cheese is effectively removing all of their animatronic um I don't know if you want to call them puppets or you know uh up from the stage. They they're taking all the animatronic um creatures, you know, the band up there they're taking them fucking down. They're removing all of it. They're saying that's that's a thing of the past. Kids aren't kids aren't into that type of thing. And and they're trying to rebrand Chuck E. Cheese. And I, I hope Chuck E. Cheese burns for this shit. This is just like it, it's just such a terrible thing, you know, in respect to like what I remember, you know, from my childhood and you know, I understand things advance and things like that, but to take animatronics to another level is such a, a great possibility. Uh, mechanics and, and technology has moved in such a fantastic direction. You even look at like what Luna's Puppets does. They're, they're the company that builds my puppets. They've done animatronic things that, I mean, you can you can... I haven't gone into any of this yet because it's, you know, a little little out of my price range, but it's like a couple thousand dollars. And you can remotely control the puppet. You can, you know, fucking with a remote control its mouth and eyes and and have it fucking talking and shit. And, and you could, you know, sit off in the cut with a fucking mic and, you know, hide off and have that thing talking to people. You know what I mean? And that's fucking awesome. So to do that type of thing and and put it on a level where a corporation could control it. And, you you know, you get a couple employees in the back and you get these animatronic things actually interacting with the crowd and the birthday parties and the shit like that. It it would bring another level to what Chuck E. Cheese was, create fucking memories for kids that they'll never forget. And it's just like to bail on that completely, to rebrand some all new wave bullshit and abandon what it was, to me is disgusting. I just fucking hate it. I I hate when things that were always so great just get thrown in the fucking trash. Things that, you know, kids fell in love with for years are just thrown away. Um, We had, uh, not only was there Chuck E. Cheese, but when I was a kid, there was a place called Razmataz that was over in Sayreville, New Jersey. My parents brought me to the um, the grand opening of it as as a surprise. I you know I was a kid. I was under seven. I don't remember exactly what age I was, but it was definitely in the eighties. Um, I was still living up North Jersey. Uh, I lived up in Woodbridge until I was seven. 
So, um, but yeah, like one day they just, oh yeah, we're bringing you somewhere or whatever. It's a surprise. And you know, this was not like a regular thing in my fucking childhood. So it stuck out like crazy, you know, to the fact that I remember it now. And they had like a fucking like circus kind of thing, like not, not full on circus, but they had like a high wire act in the parking lot and all of this shit for the grand opening. But you went into this place and it was like a fucking, like the best thing on the fucking planet. They had like, um, this big, like circle, this big, like circle area where it was like steps down, you, you step down a couple steps and it was like a pit you know, a big circular area in the middle, there was kind of like remote control cars or remote control boats. Like they switched it up and, uh, you know, you could, you could pay, you know, whatever quarters or whatever back then it was all quarters. And, uh, actually they had tokens. They had the, uh, the gold fucking razzmatazz tokens. And, uh, you know, you, you'd fucking play and you could, you know, control the remote cars, but around the whole fucking outside of that circle was all arcade games, like all the way around. And then um, in the other room, you know, they had the fucking stage and they had the razzmatazz characters and it was, you know, similar to Chuck E. Cheese. And, um, you know, they had that whole fucking group and, um, you know, the fucking pizza and the whole deal. And uh, I think, you know, they had like a side bar off to the fucking side so, you know, parents could go get lit up while the kids are fucking playing video games and shit. But, you know, I was one of the kids playing video games. So, um but yeah, like this this was such a fond memory of my childhood and like entertainment at this point has gotten to be so fucking streamlined and so so the same. You know, so much is just like, oh, yep, more of that, more of this, more of that. And and like, you know, this this falls to me, it falls into the line of the like the puppets and the puppetry that I I love so much. So you know, when these things go away, it's just it's just another strike, it's just another blow against fucking like puppetry and that thing becoming a thing of the past and it it just makes me sad because uh you know it did stick out so much in my childhood and again i i am very well aware of like something moving left and right and moving its mouth that's not really going with the fucking music is kind of a thing of the past and like kind of you know corny but again technology has gone in an amazing direction so to recalibrate all this stuff and make it, you know, legitimate. I mean, we just went to fucking uh, the Bronx Zoo and they had this um, walking with dinosaurs or something it was called. And they drove you through, you know, the uh, thing. And, and they had like full fucking size dinosaurs that were moving around. And again, they just moved left and right and, you know, did a little thing or whatever. But I've seen what can be done with... Um, you know, about human sized, um, you know, animatronic type stuff. And it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And again, you get some staff backstage, you make this an enormous attraction where it interacts with the people and this and that. Um, yeah, they, they had some shit like that at, um, where was that? The great wolf lodge. And they had a little show where, uh, at certain times there was like a big tree area right out in the main lobby. And they'd come fucking popping out of those holes and shit and start fucking singing songs and putting on a performance and stuff. And I, I just I just love that type of stuff. I just think that's so cool. That's so old school. And, um, you know, it's, it's got such a good fucking like wholesome feel to it. You know, it, it's it's entertainment done in a way where um, there was a lot of effort put into the um, the engineering of it. 
you know, and the execution of it, it just overall comes off. Just, I, I like it a lot, you know, and, and seeing less and less of that and something as big as Chuck E. Cheese going down the path of that is just fucking terrible. Chuck E. Cheese as, as a whole, besides the actual, um, you know, nostalgia of the, the stage show and, you know, all of that is just like a fucking human hamster habitat. These fucking kids are just like running through there, like trampling each other's faces fucking stepping on each other's heads while they're going through like cargo nets and shit and like motherfuckers are trying to play skee ball and there's other kids like sprinting up and like fucking kickball kicking the fucking skee ball before it gets to the hole it's hard enough to play fucking skee ball let alone when a kid's fucking punt kicking the fucking skee ball before it gets in the hole and parents are just like check the fuck out they have some shit where like you have to have like a wristband that matches your kid or you're not leaving with your fucking kid you know, because it's such mayhem in there that, like, fucking, I guess people are walking off with kids. Uh, I mean, it's just fucking bizarre. Um, just just uncontrolled nonsense. But, uh, yeah, like, the, the best part of it is actually fucking going away. And I, I think that's terrible. So, I'm going to have to fucking pause the show to get this fucking cat back in the bathroom because they let him out. Uh my Bengal Montana, he, um, he has some issues, you know, with, uh, you know, special diet and stuff like that. So he spends some time in the bathroom. He's got a scratching post and all that deal in there. And, uh, when he comes out, like the other cats fucking pick on him, especially, uh, Ernie and Leo who are actually in here with me. So they're not going to be, uh, doing anything, but he starts like screaming at at the heavens. He starts just howling and shit. So I don't know if you, you heard any of that, but I think, uh, I think Nina has got him now and is going to put him back in the bathroom, uh, which is which is better than me having to stop the show because you know that's fucking stupid. Um, so yeah, uh, that's Chuck E. Cheese and the razzmatazz and the whole bit that I have on that. Um, this ACH thing, Jordan Miles. Um, this is fucking ridiculous. This is absolutely fucking ridiculous. And, um, he went on Twitter and screamed, you know, fuck, fuck WWE and fuck tired of shit, fucking fuck WWE, I quit, fuck you, fuck it, and just, like, snapping, and, like, spit is flying out of his mouth, like, he's recording this shit, and he just looks irate, like, WWE as a corporation just, like, burned his fucking house down, like, he is so furious. It's it's unbelievable. Like it's not this isn't like the day that he found out about the shirt. This is weeks later. He went on that tirade and you know, as far as the shirt, I covered that before. But look, man, he, he his whole case went out the fucking window when he went from the shirt to immediately attacking Jay Lethal and the Ring of Honor and calling Jay Lethal and Uncle Tom. There's something going on with with ACH. ACH is he's always been a very upbeat, fucking happy dude. Now he could be disgruntled based on the WWE thing, but let's not get it fucked up. This guy has not been in the WWE long enough to just be so disgruntled and downtrodden to the point where he's just like fuck everything and snapping. That it's crazy. Something is wrong with him. He needs fucking help. I don't know if it's a substance thing. To me, it strikes me as a substance thing. But I don't know him like that, so I, I can't say that for sure. But there's something either um, mental health, 
um, or, or substance, something going on. For everybody to just look at this and just be like, well, it's a racial thing and you can't talk about it unless you're black. Just shut the fuck up. This is so fucking ridiculous. This whole ridiculous stance that unless you're black, you can't talk about someone who seems to have a problem and they're black and they're talking about a race issue and you you can't even have an opinion on that. First off, no, this dude has a mental fucking issue or a substance issue. So to deny that and just pretend like Oh no, we can't even judge because we're not black. No, you're so so you're allowing him to go through whatever mental or substance issue and not address it because God forbid someone calls you fucking racist. That's bullshit. The the way that the spit is he can't keep the spit in his mouth. The only time that I had that issue was when I was a fucking raging alcoholic. And I would get fucking fired up, you know, fucking 12, 13 beers in. And then, you know, I'm fucking, I can't keep the spit in my mouth either. Like that, that's the time that I had that same type of fucking anger going. But motherfuckers are going to like, just, just not even pay attention to that. This dude legitimately on the video said that Jordan Miles is his slave name. Don't ever call him that. It's ACH and don't forget the super. Like, first off. He's done interviews where he told the fucking interviewer how he came up with the Jordan Miles name and slave name. You've had it for two months in the fucking biggest fucking company on the planet. How is that a fucking slave? What the fuck are you talking about? How is anyone looking at this like this isn't a problem that someone should be concerned for this guy? Not like... Fuck the WWE, because, yeah, that's right, that is a slave name. Oh, shit, we can't call him that again. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Not only that, but this is, like, super, I'm fucking ACH, and it's fucking super. This guy is talking about real-life shit and talking some real, real, um, real aggressive shit as far as fuck them and fuck this and slave name. And then, like, he still wants to play the fucking Dragon Ball Z character amongst this fucking tirade? I want to be a super... It just, well, ain't shit super about the way you're fucking acting right now, bro. You're acting fucking crazy. And I don't give a fuck, man. Again, I, 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 I'm not willing to play ball. I'm not willing to play along and just go like, yeah, yeah, WWE is so insanely racist that he just couldn't take it anymore. Get the fuck out of here. That's, it's just, it's not the case. It's really not. How many people have, have come out of the WWE disgruntled about the way that their employees are treated overall? From the CM Punks, the Dean Ambroses, the, you know, the, the list goes on and on. You know, you know, the stories over the years, the shoot interviews, the countless RF fucking shoot interviews where he, they'd go on and they'd bury, you know, the, the company and the direction and the, the um, creative control and the this and the that and the way that Vince thinks of things and all of this and this bullshit. And, like, all of that was just considered to be, like, yeah, like, Oh, terrible place to work. Fucking, you know, it's just a machine. They'll fucking chew you up and spit you out. They'll just treat you like a fucking, just, just merchandise. Like they, they don't see you as a valuable anything. They just fucking use you and fucking get rid of you and do whatever they can with you and whatever. That's, that's just WWE. That's consistently been kind of the, um, the theme with WWE is they chew you up and spit you out and they don't give a fuck who you are. 
Now that's that's been the consistent thing. So now suddenly when he gets that type of feeling like they don't really care about me, now it's a racial thing. Now it's just straight up Vince McMahon is trying to like, you know, bury black people and, and that's like his main agenda and and that's it, it's just a racist fucking corporation now, which is unbelievably stupid. It, that that's what that is. That's not oh well you're white you can't talk. I talk about whatever fuck I want. I I wasn't a fucking slave owner. I've never been racist. You might not like my views on things because I'm not kissing anyone's ass or fucking rubbing anyone's back when they don't feel good and going, hey, you know, uh, I'm sa- I, I, I'm uh, I'm sensitive to whatever's bothering you. I don't give a fuck, man. Man the fuck up. Let, let's let's get it going, man. Because this is like ACH is insanely fucking talented, super fucking talented athlete. And he is shooting himself in the fucking foot for no reason, for no fucking reason. He is snapping. There's some major mental shit going on there. And we're just, we're not going to address it because we got to turn it into something else that we can't even speak on because we're not him and this and that, you know, and it, it's fucking crazy. And then like, you know, people even tried to play the other side of it. Uh, I think, uh, who the fuck, um, Sugar Dunkerton, um, he he tried to play the other side of it where he's like CM Punk leaves WWE and uh they they called him uh, overworked and and this and that and um and uh, Dean Ambrose le- leaves WWE and they called him you know uh, underappreciated and then ACH leaves WWE and, and they they call him unprofessional first off None of those guys went on Twitter and spit into the camera yelling, fuck WWE over and over with no points to be made. Just fuck them and fuck them and it's my slave name and fuck them. Like, that's not what they did for starters. And second off, people have been burying CM Punk since the day he fucking left until he fucking showed up back on some form of WWE TV last week on whatever backstage, whatever the fuck that is. They've been burying him for fucking years. There's half the fans that want him back and half the fans going, fuck CM Punk. Fuck, fuck him. Fuck him. We built this house. All of this bullshit he owes us. Da, 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 da. That's been years of that. So we're really just going to pretend like no one got fucking hated on and he's the fucking first one. And he should just be celebrated for that fucking crazy, mindless fucking tirade on Twitter. Like, we're really going to look at that crazy ass tirade and be like, well, he's got a point. All right. He didn't form a fucking, uh, too much of a sentence, and he's got a point? Like, what? You guys are fucking clowns. Absolute fucking cowards. And to take this fucking stance to, like, we can't judge, we can't even, you're out of your goddamn mind. This, this pussy-sensitive fucking PC society is garbage. Absolute garbage. And I'm not playing along. I don't give a fuck if, in the long run, Motherfuckers are looking at me like I'm some form of Archie Buncher, uh, Archie, <laughs> Archie fucking Bunker. Yeah, I mean, like some kind of fucking, oh, he's setting his ways. He doesn't play by our rules. You know, I'm not fucking, <laughs> I'm not fucking calling people racial terms, but, um, but I'm surely not going to like play fucking, uh, uh, patty cake with these motherfuckers and, and pretend like I got to walk a fucking fine line and, walk on eggshells and watch what you say and no 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 he's allowed to do he could do whatever he wants and no oh that person's transgender so now you can't say this or you can't judge that and they identify 
as as a fucking as a pelican so you you can't you you can't just like walk by them with a fish because that's insensitive to their diet because they identify as a pelican who eats fish and now you're just now you're just teasing them with your fish and that's bullshit like I'm just I'm I'm not I'm not with it man like it's just it's such garbage that this is what society has turned into equality is not where one person is allowed to fucking talk honestly and, and openly and and have an opinion and then the other person isn't and if one person acts crazy we can't go no 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 you I know you'd normally say something but not not when they're black and you're not no if you're white and they're black like you can't talk about them being crazy like no yeah you can you fucking can and this whole this whole fucking thing that you can't judge and you guys can do whatever the fuck. I'll judge until I'm fucking dead. And and the thing is is like you guys can make the decision on whether my judgment means a fucking thing. It doesn't matter to me. You know what I mean? I I'll feel how I feel about things and you could take it how you want to take it. And that that's that's your business. You know what I mean? Like but I'm not I'm not about fucking not being able to to judge. Or I, I'm all about judging. I I love judging. You know, um, I think that's, that's the way you can actually decide what kind of character, what kind of people you're dealing with is to judge is to go like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I can't trust this guy because of the way he acts here. And I can't, you know, I, I can't fucking like, all right. So like if a guy is, is prone to steal things. You know, you've seen he's got, like, a continuous record of stealing things, regardless of his color. You know, hey, man, I I can't leave my shit in the room with him alone, him or her in the room alone. Okay, well, that's that's a judgment. So now if that turns into, well, no, you you can't say that because of the race they are, well, then then that's that's not fucking, that's not an accurate way to live life. You know, if you know that, like, this person is continuously a liar, regardless of their race or whatever. So, okay, well, this guy's always fucking lying. Well, like, he just said this. Well, you have to believe him because, you know, he's he's this color, he's this, he's this race, or he's this religion or whatever. And it's, yeah, but he lies all the time. Oh, no, 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 you can't, you can't say that. I mean, that it's just it doesn't make any fucking sense to live life that way where, you know, you, you can't even hold people accountable for their own actions because it just becomes, no, 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 you don't understand. No, the thing is, is like, I know normal logic would apply to this certain situation like this, but you don't understand based on the race. Well, that to me is racist to say that, like, I know this would normally look like someone who snapped and probably needs some help. Like, Hey, if anyone's close to this guy, can you maybe talk to him because he looks like he's kind of on the edge. Like he's trying to forfeit a contract and walk out of a company that everyone's trying to get into, which hey man, not everyone has to want to work there or anything like that. But in the same token, he's not taking a very, um, uh, a calculated or balanced stance. He's taking like a fuck. He's snapping. He's fucking snapping. And, and we're just going to go like, Whoa, yeah. Um, that's the, well, I mean, if I was black, I might be able to, have an opinion on this but the fact that i'm not i i just i clearly can't so i uh, wish him the best but um gonna walk away from this one fuck that fuck that he looks absolutely nuts and i hope something comes together for him because he's a very talented dude 
You know, he's one of those dudes, and when I saw him sign with the WWE, I'm like, awesome. He's a fucking talented guy, and he's one of those guys I'd like to see fucking do well. You know? I've liked ACH for a long time as far as his, his ring work and, and abilities in, in that direction. You know? And it's crazy. And the thing is, is like, one of the first things that always stuck out about ACH besides his athleticism and his ring work is he had this fucking crazy ear-to-ear smile. So when he made this, this stupid gimmick-ass shirt, I, I think it was based off of his actual fucking smile, not some fucking shit that happened well, well before he was even fucking born in, in a whole nother era of, of racism and hatred and stuff like that. I don't, I don't really think they were scaling back to, let's do that now. Like that's, I, I think that's a large fucking stretch, and we're basing so much of this on that, and it's just... It doesn't make any fucking sense. It really doesn't. Um, people who do dumbbell rows on the fucking rack are, are trash. Absolute fucking trash. I hate it. I fucking hate it. Same thing when you do the fucking shrugs and you pull these fucking weights. And half the time, motherfuckers are doing shrugs with half the fucking weight that I do shrugs with. And they're twice the fucking size of me. Um... I'll watch people doing fucking 50-pound shrugs right right on top of the fucking thing. So then, like, as I'm doing whatever I'm doing on the bench, and I, you know, I'm moving dumbbells back and forth, and now I got to wait for this asshole to be in between sets and put them down and fucking, like, look in the mirror for a minute and try to fucking flex and all this other stupid shit. So I could go fucking, you know, excuse me, put my fucking weights back because he thinks like directly in front of the fucking things is as far as he needs to go. If you can't pull your weights further away from the rack than right in front of it, then you're probably not strong enough to be moving the fucking weights to begin with. You know what I mean? I, I take a little bit of pride in moving the fucking weights out of people's way, going, doing my fucking thing and bringing them the fuck back there. Because, if you, you know, I, I take fucking 100 pound fucking dumbbells, my the highest that I go with drugs is a hundred pounds. I think I could probably go higher than that, but you know, I, I weigh 165 pounds. So when I grab fucking hundred pound dumbbells, I feel like a fucking pretty, pretty fucking strong. And, and I'm proud of that. You know what I mean? But I'll take those fucking hundred pound dumbbells and I'll walk fucking three feet back to where the bench is that I'm at. And I'll fucking stand next to, or, you know, have the, the bench in between my legs and I'll do my fucking shrugs, and I, you know, and I'll go fucking put them back. So the whole time I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm not in anybody's fucking way. And, and it's just like, I'll be doing what the fuck I'm doing on the bench, and I'll see these fucking bullshit fucking shrugs, this asshole who's clearly on some kind of supplements because the weights he's moving aren't fucking making him that fucking big. And, and he's fucking... uh He's over there doing these fucking 50-pound shrugs, and then I'm like, all right, I guess I'm going to finish what I'm doing here, and I'm doing shrugs today. So then I purposely grab the fucking bigger dumbbells, and I walk them back to the fucking bench, and I do sets of fucking 20, and then I go walk them the fuck back where they came from, and I put them back. And it's like half the time they fucking like huff and puff and walk the fuck away and go do something else. You know what I mean? It's just like, just fucking, it's just irritating that people just... 
they don't have the fucking courtesy. Yeah, I talk a lot of shit and I say a lot of things like that, but I really like I live life in a way where I don't try to inconvenience other people. Like I don't try to get in people's fucking way. I don't walk into a fucking building with my fucking speaker on on my cell phone yelling some stupid shit into it. Like I'm not about that, man. I'm going to wrap my fucking call up before I walk into a business. I'm going to fucking take my fucking weights and go try to be out of people's fucking way while I'm doing what I'm doing. And if I, and if I can't accomplish that, then, then I'm probably not going to fucking do it. You know, um, it's, it's just fucking arrogant bullshit behavior. You know what I mean? It's just, I can't fucking stand it. And it's just one of those pet peeves I have in the fucking gym. With these asshole faces that fucking stand like on top of the fucking thing. Or or they'll they'll stand where the fucking easy bar racks are and they're just doing curls like right the fuck it. Their curls are almost hitting the fucking bars. They they barely got it off the fucking rack just so they could do fucking reps. Again, I'm taking the fucking thing and I'm walking it fucking three quarters of the way across the fucking gym so I could do preacher curls with the fucking thing. And and this asshole is two inches behind the fucking rack doing the thing like Walk that fucking thing somewhere. You know what I mean? Walk it to your fucking car for all. Like, get it the fuck out of my way. Like, I, I so badly want to drop a weight on these motherfuckers' foot because they're they're just somewhere, like, stationed where they don't need to fucking be. You know? And, and what they're doing generally is not that fucking impressive. It's like, I'm sorry that you couldn't keep that fucking, you know, that 40-pound that fucking easy bar you couldn't get that fucking further away from the thing, but do me a favor and go fuck yourself because I, I I'm trying to do like multiple fucking sets of things and maybe I'm doing a fucking warm up set with this and then I'm going back and I'm grabbing the other one and I'm you know I'm I'm pyramiding my weight up as I go through my fucking sets and you're just fucking taking these asshole fucking sets and fucking rest directly in front of the fucking thing like it's your house like I just. It just it just fucking baffles me. I, I can't fucking stand these people. I just more and more you know that I go through life, I'm just getting to be just that older fucking curmudgeon. It's just just like I just don't want people to exist around me. Somehow I want the world to still like work, which obviously you need people to work in these businesses. You need the businesses to do well, so they're not just gonna survive off of just my membership. But I wish like. They made a ton of money, like, while I wasn't there, and then <laughs> when I got there, it was just pretty much clear. I just, it, I don't like existing around people anymore. I just don't. I have in, in my intro, and in, uh, fucking Bill Burr said in one of his things, he said, you know, everybody's a cunt but me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> that's, that's just the way I feel. I just can't stand people. Um... So Kid Osborne fucking uh, had a deer run into the side of his car. And I normally wouldn't even bring this up, but um, I had already thought about, I was, I wanted to talk about the fucking, uh, the hunting season thing. And it, and when I saw that the, the fucking deer ran into his car, I, I just was like, well, you know, this is, this is a, to me, a, a lot of it's a product of that. And, you know, everybody was going, mating season, you know, you don't understand. They're out there in the woods in the mating season and they're running from the bucks and this and that. Um, Yeah, maybe. I think there's some of that. But how much fucking running would you be doing if there was fucking hundreds and thousands 
of active shooters in your fucking living room on a regular basis around fucking Christmas time. You know? If once a year there was just like a team of fucking active shooters that like brought you fucking like food and shit and then just blew your fucking brains out when you fucking was like, oh yeah, look at this. Oh, I love this shit. This is my favorite. And they just blow your goddamn brains out. They'll kill your fucking kids. They'll kill your fucking father. Your significant other. It doesn't matter. Kill your fucking wife right in front of you. Nah, I wish I would have got the fucking husband. The fucking rack on that motherfucker. Like, I, I just, I can't stand hunters. I just fucking hate it. I, I am not for the shit at all. I, I just think that if, um... First off, um, you know, we as humans have just continued to fucking populate and populate. And we could just, it doesn't matter if we have the money for it. It doesn't matter if we have the, the means for it. We can just continue to reproduce and fucking overpopulate the fucking planet. We're a bigger population problem than any animal could ever be. And we continue to build on their fucking place to live and then go, well, you know, there are too many of them. Like, I'm pretty sure we're the fucking issue, not them. But clearly you can't lessen in our population because that's, you know, you know, that's, uh, that's murder. That's, that's, uh, you know, completely savage fucking behavior that, that would never be stood for. And, you know, rightfully so, but it's weird how it applies so easily and, and comfortably to the animal kingdom. Um, I think if, if they were to do some form of sterilization, you know, um, a certain amount of sterilization to cut down on the actual breeding in the wild. I, I think that there's ways for them to do that. I think if, if killing is, is necessary, you know, if they explore the possibility of, of sterilization and they decide that that's not a viable option and killing is something that needs to be done, then I think it should be done by trained professionals by, you know, some form of agency um, not just every fucking redneck with a six pack, a pickup truck and a fucking a pair of, of camouflage fucking overalls. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, and I don't understand the mentality of this shit. Somehow it's become like a wholesome thing. Yeah. It's a whole time. Like you get these fucking rednecks that are just like fucking, you remember the fucking beginning of Bambi? That shit is all fucking me. Go find a fucking skunk to hung out with you little spotted bastard. I'll fucking shoot you in the face. And then, you know, oh, they're such beautiful animals. Oh, they're such beautiful animals. I got a decal on my car to show how beautiful they are. Man, I mean, they're just so majestic. I just love to shoot them dead in the fucking the woods and just drag their lifeless body back to my truck as they fucking bleed out. Hang them upside down for my fucking three-teeth fucking wife to fucking fillet them in my backyard and tell the kids like just don't look uh yeah it's just what happens this is just nature when dad goes into the woods with his fucking gun half cocked on a fucking sunday and uh you know drags them back to the fucking truck one day you'll be a fucking senseless murderer just like everybody else just like daddy and his fucking daddy before that you'll be shooting beautiful animals in the face in no time don't you fucking worry about it fucking Elmer fud ass motherfuckers and, and, and like dragging themselves into the fucking trees like insanely obese fucking squirrels just sitting up in these fucking homemade tree stands exceeding the weight limit of fucking walking but they'll just like plant them fat asses up there and just like I'll oh, just shoot that fucking beautiful animal 
climb down off this post and drag it back to the truck. You know, this <laughs> this will be good eating. Go to the store, you fucking fat slob. You're the same asshole that's in the rascal cart. Fucking drive around the store to get some fucking stuffing to put in the animal you shot in the fucking head. And then, oh, they're so beautiful. Every once in a while, after I kill them, I like to cut their heads off and fucking stare at them in my fucking living room so I know who's boss. Every time I come out to eat my fucking breakfast, stare them in the eyes and be like, that's right, you didn't win that fucking day, did you? <laughs> fucking just unbelievable. The mentality of these fucking people, like, to, to, to just go through this fucking, this life and just... Uh, I mean, can you imagine killing a fuck? I mean, obviously, you know, if there's any hunters listening, they could easily imagine because this is like what they're fucking doing on Sunday. But killing a fucking beautiful animal, being perfectly okay to that, to the point of like cutting its fucking head off and putting it above your TV and just fucking staring at them all the time. Like, isn't it beautiful? I ended that fucking thing's life because... Just fucking because. My father used to do that shit, too. Like, what the fuck? Like, I don't even understand it. I, I just, I have such a hard time grasping the concept, you know? And obviously, you know, it goes to, like, an even worse extent when it comes to, like, the trophy hunting of people killing fucking giraffes and standing over them like, I'm a bad motherfucker. Like, <laughs> you're really not. This is some bullshit right here. But, uh, I, I just... I don't fucking understand it. We've evolved past fucking hunting for our own food. Like, we've we really existed a long fucking time. Motherfuckers are are gorging on fucking uh, Taco Bell and fucking, you know, I really don't think that you need to fucking load up on the fucking uh, animal that's in the woods. But, uh, again, I, I think a lot more fucking accidents during... Uh, hunting slash mating season has a lot to do with the active shooters in their fucking house more so than the, um, deer trying to fuck each other. I, I think, uh, yeah, there's some girls running from those bucks out there, but, uh, you know, I mean, which would you be more likely to run from? Like physically run from someone you didn't want to fuck or someone that wanted to blow your fucking head off. I I I think, you know, you'd find a way to fucking uh bullshit and lie and like tell them you had plans or something like that if if their only, you know, idea was to fuck you, you know what I mean? Like, oh no, I'm with that deer over there. Like, no, no, no. Yeah, you see that big rack on him? Yeah, I'll stab you with those fucking things. You know what? Just leave it alone, you know, they'll stand on his stand on his hind legs and he'll hit you with his fucking feet. Like just just leave it alone. Yeah, it's my guy. You know what I mean? Not down. Um, as opposed to like, is that a squirrel? Oh no, that's a morbidly obese man. Oh fuck. He's going to kill our whole family. Yeah, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's run and never stop fucking running. Like, oh shit. It's those motorized deer that are on the fucking street. Like it just becomes mass fucking hysteria because then they, you know, we've paved these fucking roads directly through their fucking homes, uh, you know? And more and more woods just gets knocked down, man. I, I live in the fucking Pine Barren slash shore area over here. And the development is crazy. You know, when I first came here, there was all sorts of trails. We used to walk, you know, from school home around. There's a there's a trail you'd walk through and you'd come out like fucking 
you know, different spots. Like you remember, like, oh, I used to go in here and I used to come out over there and right across the street was a fucking Wawa and this and that. There's like fucking 18 businesses between here and there now. And there is no woods. There's like a patch that's like the size of three houses. And, you know, there's protected land and pine barrens and shit like that that way. But then also that's where the fucking flock of hunters go fucking hang out and shoot these fucking deer in the face. Like, it, it, it's just fucking crazy. I, I just don't respect that type of fucking thing. And, you know, if that's that's what you actually find fun and that, that's that's what your leisure is, is like, man, I can't think of a better way to spend my fucking time off than sitting up in a tree in the winter and shooting a beautiful fucking animal until it's dead and dragging its fucking heavy dead body um, back to my fucking pickup truck and fucking humping it into that thing. And then, you know, later on, just like fucking cutting the guts and asshole out of it and, uh, you know, removing its fucking skin. And just, I, I mean, these are the type of things that serial killers are doing, but we're just going like, yeah, but it's an animal, you know? I just, I, well, it's a sport. Hey, I don't think the fucking deer signed up for that sport at all. I, I don't think, I don't think they were in the fucking draft, you know, when it came down to, uh, that sport, they are unwilling participants in this fucking sport, you know, that, that <laughs> I don't think they agree, but, uh, you know, that, that's just me, um, motherfuckers, uh, let me see, what else do I got, I got a bunch of topics on Facebook, let me, uh, hop on here, Mm-mm-mm. Let me see. Um. Yeah, that this Browns team. So anyway, the the fucking Browns. Last night they played against the fucking Steelers, and of course I picked the fucking Steelers, and um, I picked the Steelers to cover by two and a half, because I I did the thing where I moved the spread. Um, to favor the Steelers because I mean the Steelers have been on a row. They won something like five straight, and the Browns are the fucking Browns. They had like two wins going into last week, and then they beat the Bills. Um, the Brown season has gone like this. Like you had the fucking uh, Baker Mayfield doing his dumb shit, yelling shit at the fucking uh, uh, the sports reporters and fucking looking homeless and just like playing like shit and just the team I mean this is a team you know for everybody who was putting us at eight and eight before the fucking season started they were putting the Browns at the fucking playoffs before the season started so Baker Mayfield looks like a complete amateur piece of shit you know preseason he was in fucking baseball stadiums shotgun and beers and all this other fucking knucklehead shit and he's playing like garbage all fucking season and being unprofessional and talking to the reporters, calling them stupid, all this stuff. You know, second year fucking player. This is this is what he's doing. Um, you got Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry, I think last week. It was halftime and they were told like, because they, they showed up with some like fucking, uh, you know, fucking seaside boardwalk, fucking uh, airbrush fucking cleats like. Odell had like Joker cleats that were like fucking custom airbrushed shit. Like, dude, this isn't, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't a Halloween party. Like, you can't just do whatever the fuck you want. Like, there's, there's ways that you have to fucking dress and like, um, authorized fucking uniform and shit like that and sponsorships and millions of dollars that go along with those sponsorships. And they can't have you just 
running out here like, yo, look what I dressed like today. Like, motherfucker, like, this isn't that shit, man. And you're out there doing that when you had two fucking wins under your belt as a team. And you're like, yo, I wore some fucking cute cleats today, yo. Get the fuck out of here. So there's that shit going on. There was a, a member of their defense. I forget the dude's name. He was threatening fucking people, calling him cracker and threatening him. I hope you could duck bullets, cracker. You know, and he's talking this shit, like, legitimately threatening to shoot fans who were talking shit about him on fucking Twitter. They they cut him, so he's off the fucking team. And then fucking last night, fucking Miles Garrett gets into it with Mason Rudolph. Um, now, Mason Rudolph was sacked fucking four times. He was intercepted four fucking times. There were seconds left in the fucking game. Miles Garrett comes in, and he hits him with a late hit. I mean, it, it wasn't insanely late, but it was late. And he drug him to the ground, and that was where I think the penalty would come in, is, like, it wasn't so much as it was, like, crazy late, but he followed through with it. So, like, if you try to drive the other player to the ground, they consider that unnecessary roughness, and that's what he did. He did that. Now, he's on top of him, and, and Mason, you know, frustrated, man. He was fucking sacked four times. He was picked four times. I'm not saying this is how you should act. But this is a divisional game. These motherfuckers are not fucking having a good time out there. And he's trying to fucking grab and pull at fucking Miles Garrett's helmet. Now, they're still both on the ground together. So a lot of times when, you know, guys are on the ground together, you see a lot of fucking pulling and tussling and shit. But, like, once they get back up to their feet, it's like, all right, walk back to your fucking huddles. You know, and you see a little scrap and a little pushing and shit like that. And that's, that's to be expected. But as they get back up to their fucking feet, he fucking... uh Miles Garrett pulls off fucking Mason's fucking helmet and they're still talking and scrapping and pushing and shit like this. He fucking comes over the top of his fucking helmet like whop! Fucking hits him on top of the fucking head with the helmet. Lucky he didn't crack him the fuck open because I, I don't even know how he didn't because uh, he hit him pretty fucking good. He hits him with the fucking helmet. Now Pouncey, who's the offensive lineman, he comes through. Now he's defending his quarterbacks. And, and again, not the right thing to do, but, like, what can you do? I mean, you kind of want your team to defend the quarterback who's got hit with a goddamn helmet. So he comes through, and he's fucking throwing punches. He's stomping the dude out. Like, this shit is wild. They got to play again, which is fucking fun. But um, pretty sure it's only the first game they played each other. But um, Miles Garrett won't be in that game because he's, he's gone for the season. But there's been, like, oh, and then on top of that, um, other dude, what the fuck's his name? Um, let me see. Man, I just posted this shit earlier. Oh, there it is. Um, Mac Wilson. Um, concussed fucking Juju Smith-Schuster in the game. Fucking hit him, you know, fucking bad hit, fucking helmet-to-helmet type shit. He fucking, uh, he's standing over him at the fu- on the field. So he fucking, after this game where the fucking helmets are swinging and this and that, he he fucking posted uh, on Twitter a picture of the fucking, it says 1-0, and laughing faces, and you see, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster curled up on the fucking ground concussed fucked up off the hit and he says like next up fucking uh you know on to the dolphins you know he puts in the the post and uh yeah man like he just fucked this dude up they had this whole bullshit go on with the fucking helmet and this and that and he's posting on twitter like yeah fuck you with your concussion like 
that's some dirty shit, man. And so, he, you know, obviously he deleted that shit later, but like, yo, man, like, this, this is some wild shit, man. The Browns are a fucking train wreck. And, you know, I saw a lot of people fucking, you know, defending him, trying to be fucking idiot. You know, don't start no, won't be none. Yeah, he shouldn't have tried to pull his helmet off if he didn't want to get hit with a fucking helmet. Yeah, okay, well, he's gone for the season. He's lost, I think, three million fucking dollars. I think this will cost him three million dollars in the closing seconds of a win. Talk, talk all that tough guy fucking eye for an eye bullshit you want to. If you're willing to give up three million fucking dollars because he did some shit that offended me too, like you fucking let him do what he's doing. You let the clock count down. You wave to him. You point at the fucking scoreboard, and you see him again in a couple fucking weeks when you play again. That's it. That's it. Whether you want to fucking do something or not. Instead, you're out the rest of the fucking season. You know, very impactful player, too. So you might even fucking, if this team, because, you know, they're saying the Browns could still push towards the playoffs and this and that. And, and, you know, playoffs? You kidding me? (laughs) We're swinging helmets at motherfuckers. (laughs) Playoffs? Don't even talk about you know, you're making no fucking playoffs when you're swinging helmets at motherfuckers and, and getting thrown the fuck out for the season because, yo, he tried some shit on me, too. Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck's wrong with you? So he's fucking out of here. And anyone with that logic is, is on some bullshit. A complete fucking bullshit. He started it. Oh, okay. That's how life works. So he started it. So I get, get the fuck out of here. Um, so let me see. Yeah, I got I got my topics up here. Um Yeah, so I talked about um um William Michael talked about he wanted to ask why the Niners choked in OT, but again, I I just talked about it. I don't know about choke minus the kicker fucking shanking that kick. We had a lot of fucking weak points and our team made it real fucking hard to fucking beat us. And in a lot of power rankings, we're still ranked above the fucking Seahawks. We have one less loss and again, like Everything considered, we're still a bad motherfucker out there. And, um, you know, is what it is. He's a Lions fan. So my rebuttal to that is, um, like, okay, another topic will be, why do we still have to watch the shithead Lions every fucking Thanksgiving? And, um, you know, that that's, that's something I've wondered. And I remember looking it up at one point and finding out, like, why that they have the Lions and the Cowboys both have to have a game every Thanksgiving. But, like, they shouldn't fucking change that, you know? When they're getting rid of Chuck E. Cheese's fucking animatronic fucking band. Get rid of the fucking Lions on Thanksgiving. The only fucking plus to that was you had Barry Sanders to watch for years. That was like, well, at least there's Barry. He'll put on a great fucking show. Poor fucking Lions. Poor Barry. But, you know, at least there's fucking him. He'll tear it up out there. He'll wow motherfuckers while they're sitting all full on the fucking couch and this and that. But, like... There there hasn't been Barry Sanders for a long time now, so we just had to watch the dickhead fucking Lions out there doing fucking nothing, disappointing motherfuckers in Detroit every goddamn year. So here we go again, fucking more Lions shit. Um, you know, I do like that Thanksgiving has the three games now, so you got the night game too, so you can run a fucking full three-game parlay on fucking Thanksgiving. So you can run a whole fucking sit-home Watching, fucking eating your ass off, and fucking three-game parlay, fucking flying, man. So, I, I like that. Um, 
So then there's uh, Stephen Milan wants to know, um, do I think that if Gino, uh, Gina Carano may someday show up in the WWE, if the money's right for either about against uh, Shayna Baszler or Team Carano versus Team Rousey with the four horsewomen showdown? And two, uh, well, I guess I'll answer that. I don't know. I, I just, you know, this this guy, Stephen, he's he's a good dude. He always asks questions. He'll always, like, share the show. And so I, I appreciate it so much. But, like, I, I don't watch wrestling, let alone the WWE. So I, I don't know, man. Like, there's been a tremendous amount of uh, crossover for the, the um, MMA into um, the WWE and and wrestling as a whole and it seems to have done very successful i don't know shit about mma either so i don't know what kind of possibility there is for gina carano to come in um i i think ronda looked great from what i saw of her in the wwe i know she was highly criticized and held under a microscope and hated that she was pushed so fast but you got to understand that the amount of talent um the amount of money that they're paying for her appearance at all they better fucking spotlight her because that's the type of money they're paying. They're paying spotlight money. They're not paying like, hey, fucking, uh, let's see how you go. And in three years when we're done building you, maybe you'll, uh, you know, you'll be something. Like they're paying her too much right off the door for what she is as a star, her star power. So they, they kind of had to do that to, uh, you know, get her in there. And, you know, so I think she did pretty fucking well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I, I can't even name like. Uh, all the people who who you you put in there um how would the undertaker slash older taker as i call them uh would have done in matches against the likes of franchise shane douglas conan any ufc mma personality outside of brock lesnar both past and present and new jack i um i was never an enormous undertaker fan undertaker always played like a a great role as far as uh let me see what the fuck just happened. Um, as far as, you know, doing his fucking thing and, uh, what the fuck did I just do? Did I, I think I'm still on. Yeah, I'm still on. All right. So, um, yeah, he always played a great role and, uh, you know, for the people that love the undertaker, I mean, it was always consistent. Uh, you know, he played a couple of different variations of that. I mean, I think he'd do as well as they booked it. I, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. Again, this is one of those things. It's just, it's not right up my alley. Um, I always do the best I can to um, answer the questions you send. And I don't, I don't care what you ask, but um, I wish I had more to offer um, as far as these kind of questions. Um, I, I mentioned to him too, he, he's a, he's a movie watching phenom. This guy's watched thousands upon thousands of movies, like more movies that I could even fucking name with like Google in front of me. Like it's amazing. So if he asked me like some things that pertain to like some of the movies I'm into Muppet stuff, gremlin stuff, like stuff like that, like my thoughts on this or that, I I could probably give you a little bit more. So I would just like to be able to offer more for the questions that I'm asked. And, um, you know, so that's my only thing with that. Um, let me see. Uh, Jonathan Mitch Sneed wants to know H2O Deathmatch Extravaganza 2 and IWA Deep South Angel of Death Tournament. Um, Deep South can kiss my fucking ass. They're a bunch of racist fucking idiots. Complete fucking idiots. Razor wire fucking dipped in 
fucking hydrochloric acid and fucking people drinking out of a flask that fucking paid attendance to help fucking string it up. And it, they're just stupid. They're, they're fucking stupid. And, uh, angel of death, you know, I mean, that's the John rare thing. So that's, I mean, untalented garbage. Um, and the H2O thing, like, I don't know, man, like it's, they're kind of a death match shindy as far as I'm concerned. And, um, they do some good things, but it, it's another one of these kind of like, you know, the best they can get for the amount of money that they spend. And um, OPW was was very similar. It was it was it's a glorified shindy, and it's a lot of brother prices and fucking get guys who you know aren't going to cost an arm and a leg. The local guys and there's some talent there and everything, but you know, guys like fucking Chondo are like highly featured and shit like that. And I, I don't know who's looking for that. I mean, I guess you know, hundred people. 120 people that show up to match Remont's apartment, but, um, you know, um, Omega versus Moxley, uh, Shaheen's got a whole list of questions here. So, um, thank you, Shaheen, as always. Um, Omega versus Moxley, full gear thoughts. If you watch it, I have watched no wrestling homie, but, uh, Omega versus Moxley. The one thing I did hear that came out of that was a whole bunch of, uh, death match ish spots and some people being outraged by it and and like that um what i will say about that is here these type of things are always going to get the people who aren't used to deathmatch wrestling are always going to be shocked and amazed by it and the people who are used to deathmatch wrestling might enjoy it but are going to kind of yawn at it too. Like, yeah, I've, I've seen, uh, you know, Matt Tremont versus, uh, Nick Gage, you know, in the finals of a death match tournament that they're not going to come like even remotely close to here. So it's cute that you guys are playing with barbed wire and tables and all of that type of shit. But like, yeah, right. You know, been there, done that. And other people are going, did they go too far? Like, it's just, it's a funny balance of things where it's like, if you've actually seen death match, death matches, you're going to go like, yeah, all right. And other people are going to be like, Oh my God, like what the, what is wrong with these people? Like, so, you know, that, that's just kind of like the mixed reaction you're going to get every time just because some people are completely not used to it. And some people are so used to it that they're like, what, what is your problem? Like what, this is like a, that this isn't even, that serious, you know what I mean? So there's always going to be that. Um, and I guess there was like sugar glass and like, you know, uh, clipped barbed wire and shit like that. Cause, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of blood from what I heard. They took a lot of spots and this and that, but there wasn't really blood, so to speak. And, um, at least from what I heard. So, you know, again, they're, they're going for the effect. Um, CM Punk back in WWE. I guess this is like um he's got some kind of backstage WWE backstage thing. I'm intrigued by this a little bit. Um this is one of the few things that actually gets my attention because I'm a big CM Punk fan and um I maintained that throughout. Um I I walked away from wrestling as a fan, so I can't fucking fault him for walking away as a performer and just being tired of it and the fans and the, and and I don't know if it was completely the fans, but you know, he just didn't want to be part of the industry anymore. He busted his ass and defied the odds and got to a place where nobody wanted him to be within that company. You, you talk about people defying the fucking odds 
and and going into a company where people hated him, you know, the higher ups did not fucking like him, and and he still fucking got his spot because he earned it. He he kind of forced his hand by getting that over with the fans and, and performing the way he did and cutting the promos he did. So it was just undeniable to give him the shot that he got. So when you talk about like an ACH, Jordan Miles, slave name, um, he he couldn't handle the slightest bit of heat. He couldn't handle the slightest bit of, oh, maybe they don't like me. Maybe uh, I'm not getting things that I want. Maybe, you know, maybe they don't give a shit about how I feel. Imagine again when, when everybody's making this comparison. Oh, CM Punk walked away and he this and he that. But look at the fucking road that he had to walk through. This guy had fucking staph infections and injuries and said, dude, like, you know, if you could just like, you know, take care of me for this or whatever. Next thing you know, he's, he's up against Ryback and Ryback's fucking fucking him up. And, and he's just got to keep dragging himself back into the fucking thing. And he's like, dude, I, you know, if we could do this and that. And then they're just like, nope, throwing you through the fucking mill still. And, and he just had to endure that shit until he couldn't take it anymore. So I completely understand him walking away, and I understood that his his bitterness towards everything and, and just like, fuck this. I'm just done for now. He made crazy fucking money. He he earned every bit of what he did, and he, he had a certain point where he's just like, yeah, I'm just I, – I can't, I can't do it anymore. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be in the limelight. I don't want to be the fucking – you know, I, I don't want to be that anymore. And he walked away from it. And, you know, uh, they offered him a shitload of money over there, I guess, at Fox. From what I heard initially, I don't know a ton about it, but it was like a Fox deal where it was Fox's money that, that hired him on. And, um, you know, that he's making money through Fox, not the WWE, but it's like a WWE wrap-up show, kind of like a sports ish WWE show. And I'm not even going to watch the WWE show they're going to talk about, but I'm going to give a shot to just watch the wrap-up show that he does. You know, with, uh, I guess it's with Booker T and like those guys and just see what, because he's really, you know, saying right from the start, like, yeah, if, if something sucks, I'm going to say it sucks. And like, that's what they're hiring me for and stuff. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing how legit this actually is as far as like honest criticism on the product and stuff like that from a guy who hated that fucking company for a long time after leaving. So um, it's very interesting to me, and, you know, I, again, being a fan, I love to see him involved in any way, shape, or form. So, um, you know, good on him, um, and good on the WWE, because it's going to bring eyeballs to them for sure, you know? Uh, do I ever see Gage showing up in AEW and them doing death matches? They could do light tube spot backstage. Um, I don't know. Like, again, you see the outrage that comes from them doing these things. And then, you know, when they go to Tony Khan and they go to, you know, the different people up top and they're like, oh, are we going to have to deal with this all the time? They're like, no, no, no. And then half the time they make them like unsanctioned, like we don't even want to do it. So that's not even sanctioned by AEW. So like, you know, they they work around it in a way where they, they want to give it to the fans who are into that type of thing, but they're also trying not to scare away the people who aren't. So Nick Gage, I think, as a character, I, I, I don't know. Right now, again, Nick Gage is such a watered-down version of what he used to be. So I don't even know, like, what how that would be presented. Him to come out to the AEW fans and start telling them it's for them and it's this and it's that. I, he'd have to be a lot more of the old Nick Gage. 
And obviously that would even have to be watered down a little bit. Um, you know, not as, you know, fuck you pussy and all that, but it would have to be savage. It would have to be absolutely savage and they would have to build him as something to be feared, which I don't think you could do within a, a crowd that doesn't know who Nick Gage is, especially when you got, you know, the Jimmy Havocs and the this and that doing these fucking death matches. If he's going to be another guy to just like kind of fit into the mix with Joey and, and Jimmy Havoc, it's just going to be another another blow to fucking Nick Gage's, you know, declining career as far as I'm concerned. And, and just another nail in the coffin of, of the end of him. But I, I just don't, I don't think that there is enough of a buzz of Nick Gage. Oh, uh, sure. I know it sounds crazy for anyone who's on the indies, anyone who's a big indie fan, a big deathmatch fan, CZW, GCW, all of that, Nick Gage, the fucking man, all that. On the grand stage though, he doesn't have the slightest amount of buzz. Like he doesn't have that level of fucking um, awareness where anyone is really going to like, they're going to have to start putting him over on, on TV. And the things they would have to explain to put him over on TV would still be like, uh, like speaking another language to the fans. So like when you're saying, Oh, this guy died and whatever, it's just going to sound like folklore. And, you know, the the same people who were startled and appalled by the John Moxley and Kenny Omega quote-unquote death match aren't, aren't even going to look to, like, want to dig into the shit that he was up to to begin with, you know? These guys know Dean Ambrose for Dean Ambrose. Yeah, he's Moxley again and, and this and that. But, like, not as many of those people are even interested. And let me go back and see when he wrestled brain damage in Tournament of Death. It's like, yeah, I heard he was into some shit back then, but whatever. He was from the Shield, and here's the guy. And, like, Lunatic Fringe, he's going to kick the shit out of this and that. And they kind of take that for what it is, in my opinion. I just don't I don't think that they're looking for, like, let's bring them further into the Deathmatch realm and pull the best that they have to offer from there. I, I don't, I don't think that that works. Um, I think, you know, the reason why you get a guy like Jimmy Havoc in there because he looks like a fucking Hot Topic mannequin and, you know, people can identify with that. It's like a, it's, it's so gimmicked out that it looks like a, a character, a cosplay. It looks like something they can go, well, here's his character. He's, he's a goth kid, you know, what is Nick Gage? Nick, Nick Gage is a guy in some regular fucking clothes that's acting like the baddest fucking guy on the planet. Well, at least he used to be. And there was reason to be because he proved that on the indies. Now, how does he prove that when they're only willing to push him to a certain extent within GC or in AEW? They're not going to have Nick Gage fucking spiking Kenny Omega on his knee and having Kenny Omega lay there like he's dead. You know what I mean? So at best, Nick Gage would wind up in a mid-card role at best. And I, I just don't think you could push him to to make him be dominant, make him be the man. Nick Gage needs a spot up top in order to be that guy. You know, someone says the wrong shit on the mic and his fucking music hits and he comes out and destroys. You can't do that if you're only going to fit into a mid-card role as a guy like Nick Gage. Even when Justice Payne went over to fucking um, Jersey All-Pro years ago, he, he couldn't fit in at all because he, he did, they worked him into a mid-card role. He was CZW's main event guy. He was their world champion and this and that. Regardless of what you think about his, his wrestling ability and this and that, he fit into the role of top CZW guy. He was up there wrestling all sorts of guys, and I think he put on a lot of really good matches. You know, he, he was never fucking, you know, Chris Hero or AJ Styles, but, you know, he fit the role of world champion. He played 
he played that spot well. And when he went over to just be like a wrestler in the middle of a Jersey All Pro card, he fucking failed horribly. Like he did, he didn't fit at all, and he got out of there pretty soon after he got in there. So I, I just think like some of these guys, I think um, they're only going to work in a, in a specific role, and if that role doesn't exist within that company, it's 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 just not going to work. So I I would say no to Gage over there, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe he comes in for some kind of open challenge shit if they. If they're running some kind of like a reoccurring thing where the deathmatch guy is calling people out and getting this guy and that guy involved and, and suddenly like, oh, you don't even know who this is. And, and you know, who knows? But I, I think they'd have to get deeper into the deathmatch hardcore thing. And I, I really don't think that they're looking to do that. I think they're looking to kind of tease it and play around with it here and there with the cast that they have. I don't know that they want to expand the deathmatch roster, but, you know, I could be wrong. Again, I don't even fucking watch it. So, um, uh, NWA powers, longevity, and homicide in Kingston being up there again. I I don't know how much audience is available for NWA power to exist. I can say that their product is completely different from what everybody else is doing. I, I really think AEW is no different than TNA. I I just don't I I don't see a difference. Different cast of characters, different set of uh, employees as far as the wrestlers go and the talent. But I think as far as product, is very, very similar. And even if you pasted together a bunch of the, the stuff the WWE is doing, you can see a lot of the similarities. If you, if you go between NXT and then some of the main roster stuff, you could put together pretty much all the things that AEW is doing just in a different roster and a different, you know, a little different storylines here and there. But a lot of similarities. That studio wrestling is just worlds apart. It's a completely different thing. It's a thing of the past. It's a throwback. But how much of that throwback audience is still around? I think you're still, and Wrestling Soup has mentioned this. Uh, Joe Numbers over there at Wrestling Soup has talked about it a lot. I don't think that creating more fans is an option. I think you're dealing with the same pool of wrestling fans and how much of that pool do you get over to this product or to that product. I don't think it's necessarily going to create more fans or pull everybody from over here. I think you're getting small sections of this and that. You might create a buzz, raise some eyebrows, but then two months later, it's going to die back down to like that medium level. And again, I just don't know how much of that old school mentality crowd is left to support this company. And, and I do think that it has a place because it does have such a, a different feel than everything else that's going on. So, you know, putting out a product that has a, a whole nother side, it, it's something different. It's not just your everyday, oh, we've been seeing shit like this every week. Oh, okay, yeah, another one of these. It, it's it's not that. It, it's something very, very different. Um, Homicide in Kingston, I think that's, that's fantastic for them to be there. I think G's would work fantastic in there too. Because his promos are great, he he could work that old school style. I think he'd work excellent within that. I'm I'm hoping they give him a shot over there. But yeah, um, who knows? Um, haven't watched any GCW, so I can't really talk much about that. ICW is running in January. They're they're trying to bring back the uh, early days of GCW, as far as they're concerned. Uh, I I don't know what that really means. I don't know if they're just uh, ushering in more death matches. Uh, you know, they've closed shows with death matches. Danny DeMano's running shit over there after he was kind of thrown out of uh, GCW. And um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's definitely trying to put up some fucking product, and there's a lot of things they're booking over there that draws interest. Um, Killer Cross and Chris Dickinson is the next match that I actually care about in wrestling that I'd like to see. Um, you know, I, I mean, that's, and that's, I guess, in January. That's at that show in January. Um, I will watch Cage of Death. Um, you know what I actually noticed? I noticed that um, Night of Infamy, who, th- which has never looked less infamous, um, is going to be on Fight TV. That's, I think, the end of the month. So I don't know that I'm going to watch that for sure. Maybe I'll watch it and bury it. Um, I don't know. I, I would have to definitely be completely free that night and be like, yeah, yeah, why not? Because, you know, I've done that from time to time. And it's it's show content. Um, so, uh, who knows? But that makes me think that, yeah, maybe Cage of Death is actually going to be on Fight TV. Which is uh, a big plus for me. I, I would highly enjoy that being the, the case. Because I'm definitely going to watch it. Me and Sozio will do the fucking show that we do yearly. And uh, I'm sure we'll have lots of positive things to say. Mm. But, uh, but yeah, so, um, uh, Dave Meltzer is burying the, uh, Omega Moxley saying it was more extreme than anything in CZW and Big Japan and that Kenny Omega had to start in CZW. See, it's just like a lot of these people just don't fucking pay attention at all. They've, they've gained their credibility from just years of just being there and just saying things and people taking it as fact. But I had that problem too with Bob McGee years ago. And Bob McGee is a guy who does whatever column, whatever fuck. And he'd be at CZW every month. And, you know, I, I would have my, my view of the way CZW was going, which was not positive. But I was watching the fucking matches and having legitimate, like, thoughts on it. And then I started noticing him, and he would get in a little, you know, uh, disagreements with me online and stuff like that because he was putting everything over. But then I started to notice, like, on some of his columns, to be like, uh, that that wasn't even the move that the finish, like, he, he was writing, like, the wrong fucking move for the finish. Like, oh, it was finished with a, a sprinting brain buster, and it was like, dude, he, he finished with a fucking pile driver, like, like, what What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, well, you know, it just a lot was going on. Well, no, I mean, you're either fucking watching it or you're not. So when you're putting something over or you're burying something saying it's this and that, and then when it comes down to the details of it, you're not even getting it right. Well, then you've made your decision before you even started watching it that you didn't fucking like it. Which I know I just said that I'm going to bury the fucking night of infamy. But come on, like when you go from wife beater versus Zandig to Jimmy Lloyd versus Brandon Kirk's wife, wife beater, Brandon Kirk's wife, big fucking difference, big fucking difference. Pretty sure I'm not going to be happy with it. You know what I mean? So, but I'm saying like, you know, when these guys are just like going in, like, I can't wait to defend this fucking show against the fucking people who are going to shit on it because like, they just want to shit on things. But like, I feel like you're playing the other side of the fence and you've determined this good and the best that can happen based off of just, yeah, this, this is, I'm, I'm on board with these guys. These guys like me. They're fucking nice to me there. They comp me. They give me a little fucking lanyard to hang around my neck and, and I fucking stand there and they, they all respect me and stuff, but it's just like an ass kiss move. It's not an actual, you know, and, when these guys have fucking Dave Meltzer has fucking moves named after him and this and that, it's just, 
it, it, these fucking people aren't really watching. They, they they're they're putting over what they want to put over because that's what they're into. But like they're not they're not that fucking they're not nearly as educated on this shit as they they claim to be. They're not as invested in it as they claim to be. But you know, I mean, to each their own. I'm not invested at all, so you can only take my opinion so far. Uh, which is surprising that a lot of people take my opinion pretty fucking far for someone who does not watch at all. Um, I guess Insane Lane is denying that he's racist again and that he, he, he denying that he listens to Johnny Rebel. But like it, the whole reason why I stopped fucking with Insane Lane is because like some some form of crime happened. I forget what it was. Some kind of shooting or something that the black person did. And then he said, oh, this pisses me off. I'm going to go listen to some Johnny Rebel. And I didn't even know who the fuck Johnny Rebel was. And I looked it up and it was like the most racist songs on the planet. You know, um, you, I'm not even going to like try to fucking bring up song titles or anything like that. You go ahead and fucking Google that shit. And, and then when I... um when I looked it up, I, I remembered that I had actually heard Johnny Rebel before, and where I heard it was the Howard Stern show. They used to have um, Daniel Carver from the Ku Klux Klan on there, and it, it, they used him as a whack packer. They lumped him in with Gary the Retard and fucking, like, Beetlejuice and shit. They considered him, like, one of them. Like, he was handicapped because that's how fucking stupid they looked at people of that level of racism and when they would play clips from those songs it was because of the irony of how ignorant that people can actually be and like it's hilarious how fucking stupid and bigoted people could be not like black people piss me off so now i'm gonna go listen to this song because that'll make me feel better about it like that's that's a whole fucking different crazy ass mentality that insane lane was walking but you know that that's his fucking deal. So I don't know. I guess he's still talking, but I I stopped seeing anything he typed years ago. Um, Deep South is returning again. Insane lane. Same same fucking shit. Um, train wreck review thoughts. I really want to review that show, and it has not fucking shown up online anywhere. Uh, I think Smart Mark is selling it. If someone would like to buy it and send it to me. If someone has, like, a fucking VOD, they want to send me to fucking log in and let me watch it real quick, um, I'd be happy to do so. It'll create show content. I'm sure you'll be entertained in some form or fashion, probably more so than the actual show for what I have to say about it, but I refuse to fucking pay for it. So until it shows up somewhere that I can watch it, I can't review it. But believe me, like, I, I have checked for it, like, pretty much once a week. And it, it's nowhere free to be found. Um, so, you know, is what it is. I, You know, they had under 50 people fucking attend it. And less people want to actually see it than than that. You know, I... <laughs> that And I was a little worried about that, too. I was like, I don't know if these people give a fuck about this show enough to even fucking steal it online. <laughs> I just... I don't think people even care enough to pirate this fucking thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's that's bad. Like, people don't want to watch this shit for free. Um, so, yeah. Um, and if I didn't have the show, I wouldn't either. Um, wrestling feels like the 90s again with NXT invading WWE, AEW going head-to-head. Uh, does it mildly interest me to watch either product? No. 
Um, I think the invasion shit's pretty cool because they're doing like an NXT WWE invasion from what I hear and they're doing some kind of war games and stuff like that. And they kind of slipped into it from what I've heard um, from Wrestling Soup that um, when those guys got stuck overseas, they kind of had to like fucking do some makeshift shit and they pulled up a lot of NXT guys and put them on the, the main roster, did like a SmackDown with those guys and it got like a huge reaction. So I think this has triggered some big angle where the NXT crosses over with the main roster, which is great because those are top fucking talents. And I think, um, you know, it can make for some really interesting programming and, and maybe, maybe lead into a really fucking innovative young, um, WrestleMania. And who knows? Maybe I'll watch WrestleMania. I don't know. Uh, as of right now, I just, I have no interest. Even if I sound, I hear something that sounds good. I'm like, yeah, good for them. I just, I'm not fucking interested. Um, Nick Mondo signs with AEW as director producer. Good. I mean, he's he's a great um, cinematographer. Uh, he's doing great shit with movies, and uh, he's got a real eye for that shit and a great mind for it. And as, and as a guy who has such a history in wrestling, he knows different things that are gonna, you know, um, help make things look very well. Some of those vignettes and stuff that he was doing for Moxley and whatnot were just just excellent. So, um, yeah, I always love to see guys like Mondo. He's a great dude. I've, I've always liked Mondo and, um, you know, super, super nice guy came on the show. It was, it was one of my dream interviews and one of my favorite interviews I've done over the years. Uh, go back and check that on the archives if you haven't. Um, and, uh, yeah, man, um, good for him. I always love to see guys that I, I like employed you know, on a big stage. I'm sure they're paying the shit out of them because that's what AEW does is they just shell out money. So, um, you know, good for that. Um, and that's, that's pretty much all I got, I think. Um, oh, well, one more thing. Fucking, um, they, they fucking, uh, who, who was it? Um, Stockade posted something earlier that said green, uh, red equals green. And... I just like, I, I just think it's the stupidest fucking thing ever. And I, you know, in, if you don't get what that's supposed to mean is like blood equals money. And it's in wrestling. That's fucking stupid because just the way we had talked about AEW and we had talked about the way that that, um, death match was received. It wasn't critically acclaimed. It wasn't oh my God, new listeners or new watchers all over the place and kids are clamoring and buying up these shirts and this and that. It's great for the niche audience. I'm part of that, well, I was part of that audience that liked the death matches and liked the the, the blood and all of that stuff. And, you know, I'm one of those guys that was there for every tournament of death. I was fucking, I, I, you know, I had seen so much of this stuff and, and enjoyed the fuck out of it. But you got to know that that's we're in the minority, guys. This is not where the fucking money in wrestling is. When the money in wrestling is the fucking kids buying T-shirts and the parents fucking supporting it. If they see blood and guts and stuff like that, there's a good amount of parents who are going to pull those fucking kids back from the merch table and go, no, 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 this isn't uh, this is where we want to be. Like, that's not fucking money. So, I mean... 
for a fan of that type of wrestling to enjoy it? Yeah, absolutely. To pay off a big feud with a fucking bloodbath? Oh, that's fucking great for that type of fan. But we are not the fucking, you are not the fucking majority. And money comes in majority. It doesn't come within the small niche group that wants to see people bleed. It just doesn't. The fucking Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes match where they fucking bled all over the fucking place. That isn't going to fucking pour millions of dollars into a company. That's going to make indie fucking fans and and the deathmatch fans and, and hardcore fans super fucking happy and hyped up that, yo, this shit's getting real. But the more real shit gets, the more the parents go, mm, yeah, let's go watch the fucking John Cena match. Let's go watch some of that a little bit more, you know, like that's just. The character-based wrestling, as cornball as that shit is, sells a lot more ticket-wise, packs the bigger fucking arenas, sells more merch. It's just a fucking fact. I mean, really to see that, like, blood in itself, you know, and and my, my response was that, yeah, sure, that's why Ian Rotten's a millionaire, and, you know, laughing faces. So then, you know, Stockade plays, like, oh, who's that? Like, yeah, okay. Um... So then uh, Low Life Louie ch- chimes in, ouch, Mick Foley is though, and that's what brought him to the dance. I know for one Foley, there's hundreds like Ian, but in the old days, blood would drive up business. But that's, like Biggie said, motherfucker, this ain't back in the days, but you don't hear me though. <laughs> you know, it, it's it's not that, and Foley, Foley doesn't even fucking like Deathmatch shit now. Like, he shits on that now. And you know goddamn well Mick Foley's in the minority of people who succeeded and got onto the big stage. And a lot of that had to do with the goofy mankind character and the dude love and the this and that. It wasn't just hardcore deathmatch Cactus Jack that fucking made all of that money. It was fucking crazy off the wall mankind rock and sock connection guy who made the fucking money. And yeah, the hell in the cell brought all the fucking eyes and the attention and this and that. But when they crossed those fucking lines and went to the hell in the cell shit, they were like, all right, that's about as far as we're going there. That's a little fucking much. We're going to fucking scale back a little bit because, you know, and I don't know that that was like the last crazy thing they did or anything like that. I mean, they did the, the rock match with the fucking handcuffs and the chair shots and all that. But again, like they didn't lean into that. They went, okay, got a little scary there. Um, great guy, fun-loving, all of that. But, well, yeah. And I, I don't think if he was as... Uh, he, I don't think he would have did nearly as well. He wouldn't have made nearly the fucking money he was if he wasn't a cartoon character. So then, uh, you know, he's like, I didn't say death matches, this and that. And it's just like, I know what you mean, but you're a death match guy. And that's what you're steering towards. And you're saying the blood is going to drive. It's not driving up business. It's just not. So then this other guy, Steve says, uh, shit, look at sent versus JBL right before they started pushing PG. Santa was covered in blood. Eddie has been known to wear the crimson mask. Austin versus Bret Hart. Some of the best wrestling matches of all time have had blood, but not a death match. Again, you know, it wasn't the fucking death match that you should have focused on as much as I'm telling you. Like, and those things might be historical in your mind and all that. 
But are they monumental fucking money-making matches? No. No, they're fucking not. That's that's not where your money comes from. Um, I don't know what the fuck this cat just did, but I just heard like a meow noise and a crash over here. So he just knocked something the fuck over. But, um, but yeah, so, yeah, I, I just pointed out that, like, you know, it's just the money is where the fucking kids buy t-shirts and, and all of that. That That's where the money comes from. U.S. deathmatch shows draw, like, about 2,000 at best when they pack a tournament of death, a, a tournament of survival, something like that. You're talking 2,000 fans. WWE outdraws that every fucking Monday night, and it's not based on blood. You know, it's fine to like it. It really is, but to just to even put up an argument that that's that would make them more money is just fucking delusional. It, it's ridiculous. And I know he posted one of those K memes. Like, just just shut the fuck up. This is why I hate fans. This is why I don't want to fucking be around these people and stuff because the, the logic that comes out of their fucking faces and fingers and shit on the internet it's just like I feel like I'm talking to a fucking child that doesn't want to listen. You know. And it's just like, I don't know everything, but when it comes to like simple fucking facts like that and a lot of this other bullshit I deal with and, and, and I just read on there, it's just like, oh, oh, I can't even talk to this person. This isn't, this isn't a person with enough brain power to compute just a normal fucking logical fucking situation. It, it's fucking crazy. So anyway, that's, that's about all I got. Check out my homie, Jeremy. And I got your five stars. Doing his fucking thing over there. Check out Shaheen at um, Nuclear Heat Graphics. Not really sure if he's doing the podcast. I think he might be doing something on the Patreons. Check him out, Wrestling Overdose. Check out my boys at the Wrestling Soup over there. Anthony Missionary Thomas. Joe Numbers. John Draper doing a thing. Uh, last week, they, they threw up a clip of my show. And, I, I mean, I, I got to thank those guys again and again for that type of thing. Uh, they put up a couple of clips from a couple different shows, False Count Radio, my dude Andrew over there, you know, doing the thing. And, and like, they're, they're taking their little breaks, and they just throw up, like, a minute clip, two-minute clip. So now these shows, instead of just plugging them, you're getting a little taste of what they're doing out there. And I think that's such a great thing to do with their platform. They have such an amazing following that they've earned over there. So to just give, like, a little fucking, hey, listen to this real quick. You're kind of, like, forcing motherfuckers to listen to your friends over there. And if they like it, they like it, you know? So, uh, you know, definitely hope to, you know, do that again with them in the future. Miss should, you know, offer that to me, you know, to do again sometime. So I, I very, very much appreciate that. Much love to those guys. Um, check out Eric at uh, the fucking uh, Eagles Blow, but we still love him podcast. Um great dude over there and you know it's just some people are just misguided they're just raised wrong and they become eagles fans and they ride that out you know what i mean so um i mean what could you do you know you can't judge him completely as a person on that just mostly you know so anyway um i think that's about all i got um oh check out bobby anthem at the inhuman experience and, and I think I covered everything there. Um, just gonna hit this fucking. Uh, let me. Where the fuck did I even put it? Yeah. Sorry. Right. I'm gonna close out with this. Talk to you motherfuckers later. Hopefully next week. Peace. Yo, let me get that fat right there. Yeah, yeah. Let me get the wings and the Yeah, and the gusset plate. Uh huh. Uh huh.
I want the skewers, I want the fucking birds fight. Hell yeah, I want the fucking light tubes. Give me that silver black tube and wrap all that shit in barbed wire. You know what the fuck this is? This is your King Radio, you don't know what the fuck is about to go down. J-Cat is the king of the jungle and Yakuza King is the motherfucking show clown. You don't want to throw down. We spitting the wicked shit that don't get you offended by you bitch about a pronoun. He or she, her or him. All you herbs can burn when the words begin. Fuck that. I do with drum tracks just like you can I do with light tunes and thumbtacks. One handed it'll bust your lip up. Slap the mat for flat back bumps with no tip up. You don't want to get up. You couldn't if you tried to. You thought there wouldn't be a homicide. You've been lied to. Yakuza Kick or break your chin, you won't know where my foot is in your face begins. Stay down, homie, take the pin. You ain't got what it takes to win. Come here, boy. Come here, motherfucker. You know 